Thanks for taking the time to check out the One Five Cast, where our episodes are fast on your time and filled with substance. Subscribe to our cast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Pocket Casts. Follow us on Instagram at the One Five Cast, and follow our host Will Chase at Dub Chase on Instagram. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. It is my honor, privilege to be talking today to Mr. Terrell Person. Thank you. To give you some background, he is a native of Newark, New Jersey, but he is also the owner of Zuda. But more importantly, he is also a veteran. So, with that being said. Thank you for your service. Thank you. And he is also a New Jersey youth counselor and motivational speaker. Mm -hmm. He also has worked with uh, organizations such as Zillions through United, through Extreme Determination Foundation chairman. Mm -hmm. And his store, Zooted, if you're a sneakerhead and you live in a tri-state area, you should know, you should know, or you should at least heard of Zooted. And if you haven't, just because you haven't heard of it doesn't mean it's not hot and it's not popping. It means you need to hear about it. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I'm gonna be talking to him today. He's just gonna be giving us some talk to some things about him, just about Zooted and and some things that motivate him and things like that. Yep. So with that being said, Terrell, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So Terrell, one question I just gotta get into right now. Mm-hmm. Being that, you know, your your store is part of the culture of, of sneakers and you know, when I even say the culture, I'm also referring to hip hop as well. Yeah. Right now, just today, I'm sure it may change months from now or days mm-hmm. from now. What is your top three holy grail of sneakers right now? Um, top three holy grail of sneakers. Uh, it's always going to be Jordan ones. Um, and if I wanted me going to specifics about it, um, I would say the Jordan one. Um, I like the shadows. I think the Jordan one shadow is just like a dope, cool shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's comfortable. The, like the leather on it is really different. I would say uh, number two. Um, I want to say Nike SB Dunks. I would say uh, the 420 Skunk release. I think that is like really a dope shoe. The color, the material that they used on it. And number three, um, I'm going to go back. With the Jordan 1 again, I'm just a big Jordan 1 high top uh, fan, Jordan 1, Nike SB. I'm going to go, um, I want to go the UNC Jordan 1 off-white collab. I think that one is a really dope shoe too as well. I think it's a classic timeless shoe. You know, I saw that shoe and I, I say the resale value I see on that shoe is just mm-hmm. like, it's astonishing. I'm like, yeah. such a limited quantity, it looked like they put out. Mm-hmm. And then just the resale value of it is just it's crazy and, and i saw something the other day I, I didn't really get a chance to really read into it mm-hmm. but i just saw a headline it said something about um nike and adidas possibly getting into the resale game but i'm like but how would that work if they're already the main distributor or distributor um i think a lot of these people that work for these companies are already in the resale game um i know me myself um I know people who, who work for these companies, and I know I get stuff earlier than regular, normal people. And I think it's just something that it's like anything. Once big business starts seeing that sneaker resale is a 
I think three billion dollar business right now, maybe even more. Don't quote me on that number. Um, they know for themselves that it's profitable. So if they're controlling the market by releasing the sneakers that we want to resell, it will only make sense for them to get into it. So I see um, them doing it, but I see them doing it in a different way, not like flipping the sneakers in a sense. I think uh-huh. they're going to do like mass releases. Okay. Um, like I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, maybe a Saturday. Uh, Yeezy, he re-released a bunch of sneakers. Yeah, and it, I saw that. Mm-hmm. And it was just crazy. It's like the internet shut down or something. I was just like, "What is going on?" Yeah, and um, the reason why they're doing stuff like that is simply because they're what they want to do is they want to resell themselves. They see that okay, well, this thing has a has a market value on it, and and when we release it, it goes up. So if they can like drain the market and and try to get rid of that flip value, if if you want to call it profit value, if you want to call it. They're going to do it. So they're reselling sneakers, but they're doing it in a, a standard way about just keep releasing, releasing, releasing. Because okay. the best resellers, what we do is, um, let's say a Jordan 1 comes out today. You'll hold it for like two weeks, mm-hmm. and then you'll see what the market is. Um, you know, you want to sell off. You buy 10 of them, you at least want to sell off three. The other ones you have left over, you're going to hold on to because you want to see if that, that market value goes up. And that's all Nike and Adidas are going to start doing. They're going to start releasing a small amount. They're going to see what the market value is, and then you're going to start seeing price increases on these sneakers when they re-release them probably. I think that's what's the future of um, sneaker resale. I think it's going to be the big corporations reselling it because they see money in it. Okay, so now one thing I had told a couple years ago, I was at my first sneaker show. Gosh, this Mm -hmm. was – I don't want to age myself too much. This was probably maybe five years ago. Yep. And I was talking to an economics professor from uh, Johnson C. Smith University in Charlotte. Mm Mm-hmm. And he had a really cool clothing line out. He was doing, like, these T-shirts that his brand was called Soul Food. Okay. And his T-shirts were he was taking NBA, like, uh, NBA team mm-hmm. logos, mm-hmm. and he was putting his, whole, his Soul Food brand logo on them. And we were just sitting and we were just talking about the whole thing as far as, you know, the the sneaker culture and and. and, and and sneakers being flipped and things like that. And he was saying to me, he's like, honestly, he's like, I don't know if you remember, but he's like, you remember in the early 2000s where the throwback jerseys were, were the yeah, big craze and course. that was a big thing? He says that he thinks eventually what's going to happen is kind of like what you talked about, where it's, it's going to get to a point where it's going to get too big and it's going to blow up too much mm-hmm. and it's going to pop. And it's kind of like what you said, where these companies, Nikes and Adidas and Reeboks, are going to start putting out lower quantities but start upping the price. Yeah. Of course, like if you look at the the last couple of releases for the Yeezys, um, the price of the price is going up. It's not it's standard uh, two twenty five. I think, and please don't quote me on it. Um, I believe one I want to say about two drops ago, the seven hundreds they were up a uh, regular standard pricing by I think about fifty more dollars than normal. Um, some of the Jordan ones that's been released instead of being um, a, a one fifty or one sixty, some of them have been like one seventy five retail. Um, so you're starting to see like the increase, and it's and it's smart because they look at it like, okay, well, if we're selling this thing for 175, the average resale is going to be 225, but they don't know that reselling. I don't believe it'll ever go away because there's always going to be a demand of sneakers. You can't release enough sneakers for everybody because then they're not making any profit on, it, and then the value of it goes down. So I think what the big companies are trying to do, as far as um releasing the sneakers in smaller qualities and upping the value, all they're going to do is just make it better for resellers. And then when they start releasing the sneakers, a bunch of them, what's going to happen is they're just going to make it easier for us to grab them. We're just going to hold on to them for about two, three weeks so no one else can get their hands on them. Then we're going to re-release them again. So I think it's it's going to be a good attempt. It's going to be a real strong attempt by these companies, but I don't think you're ever going to get rid of reselling. I just don't think 
it, it goes away because, like I said, there's always going to be someone who didn't get a chance to get that sneaker, and you're always going to be able to make a profit off of it. Even if it's $10 or $25, you're always going to be able to get a profit off of it. You know, I, I have a confession to make. Mm-hmm. So I, I would never really call myself a, a sneaker head just because I feel like I don't have – I have lots of sneakers, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like if I look in my closet, I don't have a bunch of, like, exclusive releases like that. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of things that are general release but that are still – you know, it can still be tough to get your hands on. Yeah. So I want to say back in 2012, mm-hmm. I think it was the, no, 2013, the red and white Jordan 6s, the Carmines came out. Mm-hmm. And he had to, I had to go to Foot Locker to get the little raffle ticket, but I felt like it was rigged. So yeah. to say, I didn't get them. So then, like an idiot, I mm-hmm. went on Instagram and I saw that this dude had some posted on there. Mm-hmm. I sent him the money in PayPal, but I made the mistake of sending him the money in PayPal but sending it to him as a friend. Friends and family, yeah, of course. So, of course, I couldn't get that money back, and he mm-hmm. got me for, like, 175 Yeah. And then after that, I didn't get got for pair of sneakers again. I got, I got smarter at mm-hmm. that point uh, in purchasing them. But it was my impulse and me wanting those sneakers so bad mm-hmm. that I was willing to pay any price for those shoes yeah. just so I could have them. Yep. It, it's it's a part of, like I said, it's, it's supply and demand at its highest point because everyone has feet. So everybody has feet. Now, some people might choose to, like, not invest in their in their feet and their appearance and just say, I don't care. I can go to any of these other retailers and just buy a shoe. But some people just look at it like, I want the best. Like, I want the best car. You know, I want the best jewelry. I want the best clothing. So they're always going to invest. And it's always going to be a demand for something. Even in my store, we sell vintage concert tees. I get so many customers that come in here and say, oh, my God, I went to this concert. I never got a chance to get the T-shirt. Like, And that T-shirt is from the 90s, but it's like I wanted it, so I didn't get a chance to get it. So there's always, as long as we live, there will always be a resale market. Now, it might be drained, but it's still going to be there because, like I said, there's always going to be somebody that wants something. We have have, um, vintage T-shirts that we sell here. Um, You know, we thrift. Everybody knows what thrift store pricing is, so there's no need to really dive into it. But we sell them for re- retail prices, 60 bucks, 70 bucks. And these are the T-shirts from the 80s. You know, I've seen T-shirts that go that people have uh, purchased for um, at thrift stores like $12, and they're reselling them for like $225. Whoa. Because they're from the 80s. They're from the 70s. They're from the 60s. Like, like I said, um, these big companies, they're going to try to put as much pressure and apply pressure, but it, it's just never going to go away. It, I don't think it's ever going to go away. I think it's going to get bigger. Because you got young entrepreneurs now that's that's doing thirty thousand a month so off that, reselling sneakers. That's so, so, thirteen years old. So that's my so that's my next question for you. So like what like I, I any any of my close friends and family know that it is my goal, it is my dream mm-hmm. to be in business and, and work for myself. Yeah. At the same time I realize that is it's easier said than done, hence as to why I haven't done it yet. Mm-hmm. What was your motivation? Like, what was your, like, how, what was your start? How'd you get into this? Um, well, I mean, my, my most motivation thing was just, like, I never wanted to live an average lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I remember my father, uh, you know, God rest his soul, my father told me, I'll never forget it. Um, I was I think I was 15. I was 15 years old. And he was just like, listen, like, you know, I'm just going to be honest with you. You know, we live in a world where because the way you look um, and where you're from, you have two options. Either you're going to be great or you're not going to be anything. Wow. And and I believe that that's a reality. Like, there's no mediocrity for me. And what I did was I just literally, I was in the Army. Um, after I left college, I, I went to the Army. I was in the National Guard. And I just literally was saving my checks. 
um, when I was in basic training because that's when you got the most money. So I would mm-hmm. I would save all my basic training checks. Um, I would do my drill weekends. I would save a portion of that money, and I just put it up. And I got my first store, opened my first store in Belleville in 2016. I was there for two years, and I was there. I had a leasing manager from uh, Livingston Mall come and speak to me. Um, I went from Belleville to Livingston Mall within two years. I did a short stint at Livingston Mall, um, and then literally I ran into one of the sales representatives uh, at Brunswick Square, and I've been here ever since. But I just knew that I didn't want to be average, and I knew for me being average was me working for somebody else. I didn't. I always had different bosses. Like I had mm-hmm. bosses all races, genders, um, everything, and I just never felt like anybody should be able to tell me what to do. And it wasn't because of, like I was arrogant. I just felt like who put you in charge of me, right. you know. And then like with me having my own my, my my Christian faith, it just went back to being biblical with me. Like you know, I should be in control of my my own world, my own. My, it should just be me and God. No one should tell me like when I have to be sick. When can I call out? Right. You know. Um. You know. I can't take. You know. I don't have children, but if I have a child, like I can't take my kids somewhere because I don't have enough sick days. Like. I just didn't want to subscribe to that lifestyle, so I just literally sacrificed everything, some friendships, some relationships, um, some family members, to get what I wanted. And I just knew, going back to what my father told me when I was 15, like, either you're going to be great or you're not going to be anything. And that's really what drove me. Um, I just wanted to be great. So now, you know, it's funny what you just said, Mm -hmm. as far as you know, like, having like bosses and different genders there's like different races it, mm-hmm. it, it's funny because i think we i think everyone can attest to having like you know that one boss that's like a real jerk mm-hmm. or just unrelatable yeah and, and things like that so now just just one final question mm-hmm. and i'm gonna get out of your hair for today terrell okay can you please explain to me and maybe it's just because i'm, I'm a little older than you i'm i'm, mm-hmm. I'm 36 mm-hmm. and the one thing that I, and I feel like you may have told me this before, but I want some of my viewers to understand this, so say my listeners to understand some of mm-hmm. this. What is the big deal with Supreme? I just, I don't, when I look at Supreme stuff, I'm like, okay, it's a Nike hoodie, but it has this Supreme thing. It's this red rectangle with the word Supreme written in white. I, me personally, I don't see the big deal, but mm-hmm. it's popular. It sells. Like, so what is the, what's the big thing about it? I think Supreme, um, my my opinion about Supreme is it's it's a brilliant brand. It started in 1994, um, and I think what Supreme did was they watched what Tommy Hilfiger did, they watched what Ralph Lauren did, but more or less Tommy because Tommy used to do all these collabs with all these brand like with all these different companies. Like Tommy would collab with like a, a snowboarding team. Um, Tommy would collab with like uh, wireless cell phones and like just do different weird. Uh, accessories and clothing. They were the first to really do that. Tommy Hilfiger was. Okay. Um, and then they they were the first. And then Ralph Lauren kind of caught onto it too. But Tommy was the first to really go after the superstars. Like um, uh, Aaliyah wore Tommy. Um, I want to say um, DMX. Like all these different artists. They were the first to go into hip hop culture. So like with anything, I think what Supreme did was they seen the blueprint that Tommy Hilfiger had, and they just maximized it. Like. Supreme was around, only skateboarders was wearing it. As soon as they had the diplomats wear it, uh, Jim Jones and Joel Santana, they wore it. It didn't catch on yet. Mm -hmm. They did a video with ASAP Rocky and Rihanna, and they they put both of them in the Supreme. Now, if you look at ASAP Rocky and look at Rihanna, that's culture right there in itself. Most men from the age of 18 to 25 want to dress like ASAP Rocky. 
most women from the age of 18 to 25, well, even older, I would say, want to dress like Rihanna. So you already caught them. Then they went and got Tyler, Tyler the Creator to wear this stuff. So they just literally maximized what Tommy Hilfiger did. They had Kanye West wear it. They had Travis Scott wear it. They went after every big influencer, not not artists, just the influencers. And they and they had them wear their clothes, same thing as Tommy Hilfiger did, just to a maximum level. And then the quality of the clothes is always good because, like, a Supreme hoodie is heavy. You don't even need a coat when you wear some of those hoodies. You can't even wear some of those hoodies in the summertime. Wow. Um, and they just had quality plus the the artists. It wasn't like you were you were giving like Gildan T-shirts on you know on on like a on Kanye West wearing a Gildan T-shirt. When you actually bought it, you're like, this is good quality. Okay. And then they just went after the kids. They had they had the kids wearing it. They had the skateboarders. So now they have skateboarders wearing it. They have uh, street culture wearing it. Mm-hmm. They have hip hop culture wearing it. And then you just have the kids that's just like into a whole different world, you know, wearing it. Um, the, alter- the alternative kids, if you will, use, use that. You had them wearing it. So now you just have like four different categories of people wearing your clothes. And then when they really wanted to get into the household and they wanted to take it to that next level, they did collab with Louis Vuitton. <laughs> it was just like at that point, it just elevated. So I think uh, Supreme is really just like a baby of Tommy Hilfiger. And they just dominate the market. And I think that's what everybody wants. They're a household name. Um, and I think that they will never, ever fade away. I don't. I think Supreme will be here um, as long as Tommy Hilfiger, Ralph Lauren, um, and all these other brands exist. I think um, I think Supreme will exist in that streetwear, skateboard um, space as well for years and years to come. Okay, that makes sense. So it's like, I uh, thank you for that for that that breakdown of it. So mm-hmm. it's like that you said they, they followed the Tommy Hilfiger blueprint. Yeah. So it's almost to me it's kind of the way that I say that Drake follows the blueprint of Usher and Jay Z. Like I'm mm-hmm. not sure which one he wants to be. Yeah. But hell, they're both superstar artists. Yeah. So. Like 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 if you look at Jay Z's career, I'm a huge Jay Z fan. Like Jay Z, and he'll even admit it. He Jay Z didn't always put out like a, a lot of albums. He always just would do like a feature with the hottest artists at that time. So if you look at Drake, like Drake does features with Young Thug, Future, Gunna. Like Drake doesn't have to rap with these people. He just knows that they're relevant and they're current. Keep so current. so it keeps him current. Like, you know, it's like me. Like, even in my store, I'll take on new brands. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the brands, you know, they might not be the best, but what it does is it just keeps me with their fan base too, you know, because everybody has a fan base, whether it's the best thing in the world, the worst thing in the world, everybody has a fan base. So I just look at Tom, Tommy Hilfiger and I look at uh, Supreme and I look at even Ralph Lauren too as well, or Jay-Z or Usher or Drake. When you attach yourselves with so many different genres, your money just becomes more and more, it's coming in from different ways. Like you're just not hip hop culture. Like when you come inside my store, it's just not sneakers. You have vintage, you have sports apparel, you got um, streetwear. If you lend to hats, you got a bunch of different hats that you won't find at lids. You just have so many different things. So I think, like I said, going back to Supreme, I think they just said, listen, we're going to attach our brand with every genre in the world. And when you attach your brand with every genre in the world, but still staying true to yourself, you just become big. And that's what Supreme did. And that's why I'm, I'm, I tell people all the time, people say, oh, Supreme's dying. Supreme's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. It'll be around, like, I, I see my great, great grandkids wearing Supreme. <laughs> like, vintage, like, like how people wear vintage Tommy. I'll see them wearing vintage Supreme. I see it happening. So, Terrell, just one last thing. Mm-hmm. How can people who aren't in the state or in the tri-state area, aren't in the state of New Jersey, how can they get, how can they check out 
your inventory here at Zuda and how can they purchase things here at Zuda? Okay, so all the sneakers and everything of that nature, sneakers, Supreme, um, Anti-Social, Bape, all that, you can just visit our website, which is um, shopzuded.com. Um, you can always go on our Instagram, which is shopzuded.com. For all the vintage apparel, you can go on our eBay. Um, it's the same thing, it's shopzuded. Or you can go on Depop, and our Depop is the same thing, um, shopzuded. So we just occupy like four different apps. And if you just want to see like um, what we got going on, we have a Snapchat, which is a zuded snapshot. Like we have all social media. And if you want to get all the details on everything, just go to our Instagram because everything else, every other link is up there too. And our Instagram is shopzuded. All right. Thank you so much for your time. Today. Thank you. Once again, thank you for tuning into this episode. Please don't forget to subscribe to our cast that's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Pocket Casts. Also, give us a follow on Instagram at the 15 cast and follow our host, Will Chase, at DubChase on Instagram.